Okay, well, welcome to our program today, and we're thrilled to have Angel Davis with us. Angel has been a counselor for 35 years now. She has a podcast, Have You Not Heard? And I, I, we love her podcast. Oh, yes. And uh, really dealing with a lot of relevant issues that people need to to think about and take time and process. And she has so much wisdom to help people navigate life situations that are tough. And also, she's on our team, the Uncharted team, That's the Not right. Forgotten Women's team. Woo-hoo. We're thrilled about that. And so, Angel, welcome to our program. Welcome to Good News from the Middle East. Always great to be with y'all. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. Well, Angel, you are a delight on so many levels. Oh my goodness, so much fun to be with. You have such a deep walk with the Lord and you have helped us not only personally, but also our whole team with your incredible counseling experience. And today we want to talk about how God has called called you to use this in a brand new way that you probably didn't see coming. You're right. I did not see this coming at all. And yet, you know how God does. In hindsight, you look back and you look at the things he's been taking you through to prepare you for such a time as this. Yes. Mm, That's right. Tom, you want to talk a little bit about what Angel's been up to these days? And you're going to say, as we start to talk about this, what does this have to do with the Middle East? Well, it has to do with the whole world, Mm -hmm. actually, because Mm -hmm. there is a concerted effort to get... um, books and literature in the hands of young children uh, from a LGBT perspective. And uh, we just went through uh, uh, Pride Month in June. And so uh, much of that in public libraries and public places was on full display that children can have access to. They could walk in a bookstore and pick up something and it could be pornographic. Mm-hmm. And or so- in school. Or in school. Mm-hmm. And and so there are battles. But how do we navigate that as believers to stand up for the truth, but not be picking a fight, not be unholy about it? How to because these things upset us to the core. But Angel, you have been a model for our whole team about how God led you to do this and how you went in to ask questions at your library. And we just want to kind of dig into that and hear from you how that happened. So how did you first get involved with advocating for kids in in this area? Right. Well, you know, being a grandma and um uh being in that realm, I'm I'm certainly more aware of what is affecting the young children. And um so this first came across my radar about a year ago. And somebody alerted me through my church that they were having a a separate kind of hidden pride group for LGBTQ kids. And so I just, you know, what I've learned of the way God's trained me over the years is just start asking questions. So instead of, you know, what we want to do, because especially when it's with our children, we want to, uh, we get, have a lot of visceral reactions, right? And a lot of our stuff gets in the way of, of trying to do ministry. So you have to really check your heart, but we can talk about that in a little bit. So I just wrote them and said, Hey, can we talk about it? I have questions about it. And they were gracious. I met with the director and some of the staff and just kind of got some information. I shared a little bit about my stuff coming from a counseling point of view and also as a Christian. Um, 
And it was a very amicable conversation that was open to more conversation. The thing I did, and I want to alert people, if you take steps, you got to keep taking steps. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah, I kind of felt the nudge of the Holy Spirit before Pride Month this year to kind of reach out. Well, I didn't listen. Right. (laughs) And the next thing you know, I'm finding out that. Just like around the world, it seemed like it exploded all of a sudden um, mm-hmm. that it's just all, you know, front and center, front and center, and loud and proud, if we can say that. Um, and so, of course, we were not happy about it. We live in a little conservative town. It's been a pretty Bible-centric uh, community. And then all of a sudden, it seems to be shifting So because I had that uh, relationship with the director, I I reached back out because the Lord let me kind of foster that relationship over the year uh, on some different issues that were he was dealing with in the library. And um, so I reached out. We had a conversation and then a group of people have now gotten involved. So. Um, it's not just me, it's a lot of parents. And I think that's happening around the community now that, you know, we're kind of, um, our children are being, I would say targeted <laughs> as a nice way to say it. Um, you know, parents are waking up and I think the body of Christ is waking up. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, I've got a question, um, backing up just a little bit. How did you initially get this relationship with the director of the library? I mean, with what you're doing now, this is so, so strategic. Um, how did that happen? Well, that would be the Holy Spirit, right? I I just obediently sent out an email and I didn't know I was meeting with a director and I was, I, you know, that just happened. And because God had trained me over the years just to try to listen more, ask questions, you know, and then earn your right to speak, so to mm-hmm. speak. Um, I also didn't go in full frontal with my Christian card because I know in the secular world that, you know, that can be turned off real easily. So I went in with my professional, um, you know, opinions and, and feedback and concerns, but I also was clear about my Christian um, belief. So I didn't want to leave that out, but it, it wasn't like the first thing. And I think that's another thing people need to know is that's going to, you'll get an opportunity to speak about it. You don't have to just go in full frontal with that because sometimes people will just turn you off, totally turn you off because of that. So again, strategy wise, right? Um, Yeah. So it was a totally Holy Spirit. Totally. That's wonderful. Right. Mm-hmm. Straight to the director. Okay. So why do you think that this issue is about uh, above all the other issues that are going on in, in this world, the whole LGBT thing? Why is this issue rising to the top? Well, as we talk about on our team, it seems like time is short, right? And <laughs> in the Lord's calendar, whether it is or not, I don't know, but it seems like it. Um, and this to attack marriage to attack gender identity is the core of the gospel. It's how it started in the garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. He created us in his image. 
We are created male and female. Male and female were created for purpose, the union, to procreate and to take dominion over God's world and to have relationship. And, and it was it was designed to protect our children, protect our family, and for the world to thrive. So it is the heart of God. You know, it's the heart uh, and Jesus came back to redeem all that sin is broken down. So I just feel like it's kind of the last stand that um, Satan's trying to stand on. I think the good news is it's so blatant. That's what I was kind of excited this year, that it was so blatant, so out there, because it's like, oh, Satan's getting nervous, right? He's, right. He's, having to, he's having to pull out all his cards. And that's the other thing I would say, you know, as Christians, we got to go from the place of authority and victory when we're dealing with this stuff. Um, the world's narrative with this issue, especially with kids, is fear, fear-based. Mm, right. You, you got to do this. You better do that or your kid's going to commit suicide. Blah. You know, it's just fear, fear, fear-based. Fear is never a good decision maker, ever. So as a Christian, that is, that's a great little quote. Would you say that one more time, please? Sure. Fear is never a good decision maker ever. And so that's one of Satan's little tricks and schemes to us all, whether we call ourselves believers or not, is to live in fear because then we're not making sound, good, thought out Mm -hmm. decisions. And our kids need us desperately to be the ones that are thinking clearly because they're not thinking clearly because they're middle schoolers. How can they, you know, or they're too young to be able to think clearly or they can't, you know, see in the future well enough to be able to do that. So it's our job as parents, guardians, grandparents, whoever to do that for our kids. So we really need to not live in fear and we need to step, take a step back, take a deep breath and, um, kind of learn about this issue, really do, you know, some, listen to some podcasts, do some research. You don't have to be an expert because there's no way nobody's an expert. I don't think there's been some people dealing with it longer than, you know, uh, we have, but uh, there's, yeah, it's kind of getting made up on the fly, but back to your point, I hope I answered that in my mind. That's kind of why I feel like it's such a big issue. Satan's mm-hmm. last stand. It's mm-hmm. the, going to the core of what the gospel teaches. Mm-hmm. That's exactly a great way of looking at it. Angel, we had an experience. We, you, you know, we have a bunch of grandkids, 15 in one other way. And so we've committed to do a teen trip with each of them when they get to be a teenager. So our first one was with Emma and she chose to go to New York City. She wanted to see a Broadway program. So we went Broadway show in June of 2019. We didn't know about Pride Month. We didn't know about the parade. We didn't know about any of that. We just went and we're seeing Statue of Liberty, all that kind of stuff. We kept seeing these t-shirts that a a lot of people had on that said this, gender is over. Mm. And I thought, what in the world does that mean? Nobody Mm. is certainly going to go for that. That was just a few years ago. And it ended up that on a Saturday night, We went to Chick-fil-A. We're staying in Times Square. And as we came out, and this is Pride Month, and there's a big parade the next day. So it is packed with people there from out of state. And so we heard Christian music in Times Square. And I said to Joanne, is someone someone blowing that out their window or something? How Where are (laughs) we hearing that? that? Certainly it's not in Times Square. Well, it was in Times Square. 
and there was a, a group playing press music and we followed the sound and we got up there and an African-American gentleman came up and he started to share the gospel in a loving way. Mm. Tell about his life that he uh, dealt drugs and his life was a mess. God had something better for him. And he was preaching, but loving, mm -hmm. winsome, mm. inspirational way. Yes. His wounds were so anointed too, because yeah. what happened is all these people dressed in everything you can imagine that was just heartbreaking to even see um, with our, you know, young teenage granddaughter there. But they were flocking, listening to the Christian music, but also to this message. And you could feel two things. You could feel the presence of the Lord, mm. you could feel love. I mean, there was acceptance mm. in that um, in that massive crowd. In fact, I looked over, talk about how everyone was dressed. There were two women that were standing not far from us and their um, bodies were painted with all sorts of, I don't even know what was on them. But then I kind of glanced closer and I realized they were naked but their bodies were covered in paint. So you couldn't kind of tell they were naked unless you really look closely. But that's the kind of crowd that was attracted. And go ahead and tell the rest of the well, story. It, was, it truly was an anointed time as he was sharing. Uh, Angel, it was silent. Wow. Uh, we were listening. When, when he got up and started to tell his story, how he met Christ, I thought, are they going to throw tomatoes? Are they? What's going to happen here? And the Spirit of God was on him, and God's favor was on him. We've seen that before in Scripture. Daniel, mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, right, right. Wow. And, and they were listening, and he shared. And afterwards, he caught our eye and came down, and we talked with him, and we said, we are just so privileged to be here. Thank you for doing that. He said, this is where we need to be. We mm -hmm. need to love people to Christ. Yes. And so that I'm privileged to be here. And they did listen. And, but uh, there's, when you see God's favor, uh, it's, it's, you, you know, it's God's favor because people like you and you can't figure out why. <laughs> right. They shouldn't based why, on the message. Why, right? Why like I'm not sure. On the, and they liked him. They warmed oh. up and, and it was silent. And I think about you going into the library and you had an experience with the library personnel, God's favor was on you yeah. to not cause it to be confrontational. Mm -hmm. Tell the listeners about that, how that went. Right. It, it truly, it was God and all that's unfolded and the relationship that I have with the director. And to his credit, he is a very fair man. I, I'm not sure he's a believer, but he he truly wants to represent everybody, which I pray for him. I tell him, I'm like, good luck. <laughs> it's going to be hard to do. But um, yeah, the Lord just gave me an open door to go and and speak and speak truth and love. And, and I think, I think here's the main thing I'm learning through all of this is you don't go with an agenda. Mm-hmm. You know, because when, as a, especially as a Christian, if we go with an agenda to try to change somebody's mind or tell mm -hmm. them truth or whatever it is, and boy, that's where we got to check our hearts because a lot of times we don't even know we have that agenda, mm -hmm. but then we're putting ourselves in the place of the Holy Spirit because only he can change a heart. Only he can change a mind. We don't have the power to do that. Mm -hmm. So to go in questioning, curious, 
tell me what this is about. Why did y'all start this? Where did so what happened the first time I went and we were talking about the teen group that started this current administration didn't even know how it started. Mm -hmm. Um, I knew more about how it started based on some research that somebody else had done that sent it to me and they didn't even know. Um, So a lot of times people are just kind of going with the flow and doing what they think is the right thing. And, And so we don't need to assume we need to ask, you know, questions and be curious and then you know, we can speak our truth. So that's what I did. The Holy Spirit was, you know, opened the doors and there we went. Mm. Um, amazing. Okay. So let the me, heart, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Let me ask you this real quick. Um, well, and I love what you said. Don't go with an agenda. If you go with an agenda, you look like a political candidate mm-hmm. as, much right. as believers. But why were you there? What were you objecting to? Was it, what was happening where you went in and you thought, God's leading me to do something. I have to do this. Right, right. And um, so it was, you know, basically supporting the lifestyle. And with teenagers, again, um, I have a great heart for teenagers. I did a lot of work with teenagers, still love teenagers. But it is a time in their life where they're searching and they're questioning. And they're, you know, so my agenda was, why are you calling it what you're calling it? Because you're linking, it's called prism and prism is linked directly to the pride. If this is truly what you say it is, which it's advertised as a place for marginalized kids to have a place to come together, then change the name and open it up to everybody, not just because there's a lot of marginalized kids, right? You know, and some, some kids are struggling with, you know, am I gay? Am I not gay? All that stuff. And, and they need safe places. I wouldn't say that would be the place. Hopefully it would be the home, mm-hmm. you know, where you can uh, do that. But some kids don't have that. So I get I get the intent behind it. But um, it was going against God's order. And it was also um, doing it in a way that was uh, kind of secretive and also not inclusive, but exclusive in my mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the other thing as a counselor, what here's a, the big issue that I've, uh, one of my big issues with this whole thing is we have hyper-sexualized our children. Mm-hmm. And when we're telling kids that their identity is in their gender or who they're sexually attracted to, we are way off base, whether okay. we you know, from again, God's creation, but just psychologically, there's so much more to us than that. That's a little microcosm of what makes us who we are and, and have purpose and value and, and, and be accepted and loved all the things that we're all searching for, but especially teens are searching for. So it's just not healthy. It's not a healthy mindset to reinforce that in my professional opinion. <laughs> yes. So, so out of balance. So out yes. of balance. And then what does that do to kids that are searching makes them feel more out of balance? Yes, yes, yes. And one of the quotes I've, I, I wrote down that I've heard, and um, it says to go along with a child's perception that they need to change or be altered is to agree with them that something is wrong with mm-hmm. them, with their bodies. And so uh-huh. we reinforce a lie. 
And as parents, as guardians, as the adults, we're supposed to create healthy, safe boundaries for our kids. Mm -hmm. So that's one of my big issues is, and, and as I've learned about this, as I've woken up and looked at the history, you know, this has been coming in since the 60s when we the sexual revolution, the getting rid of, you know, the Bible in school and prayer and all the slippery slope that I as a Christian have been asleep to. So the good news is, you know, God's waking us up through this. I know he's waking me up. So that's mm-hmm. good news. Yeah. That is so true. He is having to spur all of us on to use the voices that he's given us in these right. final days. Because as you said, I do think Satan is getting more desperate because he knows his time is getting shorter. And yeah. so we need to take that cue and recognize that we need to use this time for the kingdom. Yes. And can I say one thing? I make it, I make it sound like it was really easy to go last year, but it wasn't. I was scared to death. Mm. I was scared. I was afraid. I was, you know, all the things that we're afraid about. I'm going to sound stupid. I'm not going to know enough. Uh, they're not going to like me, you know, mm. all the things. Mm-hmm. And so I had a bunch of people praying for me as I went in. Y'all were one of them, you know, and I'm praying. So, but here's the deal. When I went past that fear and had that first uh, meeting, then it's just gotten easier and easier and easier. And there's an example of how, again, Satan's calling card is fear. And he's trying to get us to be in fear and either not take action, not say something we need to say, or not stand up for our kids in a way we need to stand up for. Mm. So we've got to do that hard work of uh, taking doing it afraid, as I think Joyce Meyer says. I can't remember who coined that, but yeah. That's good. And you know, we know that old acrostic for fear, false evidence that appears real. Amen. Satan is the father of lies. So if he can convince you to be afraid because you've got reason to be afraid, Mm -hmm. that will just paralyze us, which is exactly what he wants. But I love that you moved in in spite of your fear and even had people pray for you so Mm -hmm. that you would move forward. So this brings me to a real practical question. Here you go in, you're afraid, you're nervous. They're not going to like me. I don't know enough, you know, all those things. So how did you have this, these conversations. Did you like plan ahead of time? Some things you were going to say, I know you said you didn't want to, you learned not to have an agenda. Right. How did you actually have these conversations? Right. Well, you know, I've had the privilege of being a counselor for 35 years. So so I've had a lot of training and, um, you know, having controversial conversations, of course, this was a little different, um, but those skills, transferred. So I will say I have that advantage, but I also, you know, did some homework. You don't have to do tons of homework. Just listen to some relevant podcasts, some people, and, you know, we've got list of those people if you want them, um, you know, to have a little bit of information going in there. Um, so I didn't feel totally just uneducated or ignorant mm-hmm. on the, on the subject. And again, God had been training me up for years for this and I just didn't realize it. Um, but uh, you know, mainly it's getting your heart right with the Lord and being at peace there, you know, going in that place of rest, uh, uh, resting in him, trusting in him, believing in him, believing that the Holy Spirit's enough, the gospel is everything, you know? And, and so as a Christian to walk in there with that authority, here's somebody, one of my great prayer warriors, um, used this example yesterday with me. She said, uh, we have, we're like spiritual policemen. 
And we've been given this badge of authority. And she used to work in the police department. So she said when she wore her badge, everybody did what she said to do. Well, guess what? We've got that authority. So when we go in knowing that we've got that badge of authority, you don't have to yell, you don't have to scream, you just stand as Ephesians 6 says, Mm -hmm. with all of our armor, all of our weapons, and you stand and you speak truth, you ask the next question, God, you know, it just, Mm. that is what makes a difference. I love it. That's great perspective. And one thing I'm sure that you did, our tendency is when things are emotional to power up, mm-hmm. but yes. powering down and yes. calm, as you said, is so important. Yes. Some really simple things like you first agree with somebody, like find a point of agreement. You don't have to affirm or, or accept, but say, it sounds like you're really passionate about this and you've got a lot of big feelings about it or you you really it means a lot to you so can you tell me more about why it means that much to you there's always a story behind the mm-hmm. emotion and when we can take the time and that's why I, I would encourage people not to go into this if you feel moved to make a step today don't do it on social media. Please don't do it on social media, except for if you want to connect with somebody to say, hey, can we meet and talk about this more? Take the time to try to have that one-on-one conversation. Again, I didn't know when I sent out that random email who would get it and who would respond. So you'd never know you know, how it's going to go. But you want to try to have some more meaningful conversations and to hear the story behind what's going on and why are you thinking that and how did you come to that? And there's a lot of compelling stories. Um, I will say I have seen a lot of Christians bend truth because of the compelling stories. Um, One of the narratives, you know, that is of the world is how we feel is our truth. And that is not true. (laughs) So just because you have a compelling, hard sad story that I might feel compassionate about doesn't change the truth of God. And we have to be sure about that within ourselves as we're having these conversations. And then again, how would Jesus sit in that space Mm -hmm. and stand in his truth, but love that person, but Mm -hmm. not necessarily accept and affirm that person. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that what you were talking about, Joanne, powering down. Yes. And 3,000 years ago, Solomon wrote this, a gentle answer turns away wrath, and it Mm -hmm. still works today. How many times do we see that in our life that it works? Yes. Elevating like they've elevated wrong things. And, you know, social media is uh, to the point on some of them like Twitter, and I think it's called X now or something, where people are just yelling at each other and it's just awful the uh, and it and it really just reinforces what the other side thinks and so it's it's a mess but yeah and his kindness leads to repentance right his kindness yeah and i've got a great story about that one um just real quick i i met a woman professionally Anyway, um, it was clear she had been hurt by the church. She was um, a a lesbian woman. And um, I just apologized uh, Mm. 
on behalf of the Christians who had hurt her. And I mean, tears started flowing mm -hmm. from her eyes. And that opened a door for us to be able to have further conversations. Mm. Wow. Mm. That's beautiful. You know, that reminds me, Angel, years ago, um, Christians retraced the steps of the crusade. And the crusade mm. uh, were damaging not only to Jews in Israel, but Muslims all throughout the Middle East and and so when I first heard that, we were not working in the Middle East. And I heard they're going and apologizing. And I thought, get over it. What's the big deal? I mean, we we had a we had a revolutionary war with Great Britain and we got over it. We're good friends, you know. We're we not hacked tea. off. <laughs> yeah. The people that drink tea in London, it's over. But that's not how it works in the Middle East. And there is honor and shame. And so I did talk to any mom, well, more than more than a few where I just said, you know, there was a really dark period in Christian history called the Crusades. It wasn't my family. We weren't a part of it. You weren't alive either. But on behalf of Jesus, yeah. I just want to apologize because that's not representative of what he called us to do. That was wrong. I apologize mm -hmm. for that. Mm -hmm. I I had hugs from different imams. I, I didn't know what they would think. Mm -hmm. But it, it was shocking. And so that was just a beautiful way that you handled that. So um, what are some simple steps that someone can take to make a difference? Uh, how can Christians make a difference, be salt and light, but keep that communication open? Because if they cut us off, that's that's there's no access to truth or anything in their life. But how, how can we make a difference? What would you suggest? Well, as we know, and we talk about on our ministry, pray first and then pray and pray and pray. <laughs> so um, I would say, and that's how it started with me as God's tugging on my heart. I prayed uh, with you know the Lord and um, then got a couple other people praying with me. And now we have a little prayer group. The, so I heard the word firewall that we need to build a firewall for our kids. And, you know, that's a protective wall against all the information and all the stuff coming at them. So prayer is always our first line of defense um, and our last line and our middle line. So that, mm -hmm. so that, um, you know, like you guys did, uh, you, when you heard, I went to the library, you went to the library, you know, and started looking around and seeing what was there and, you know, just kind of waking up and looking at things. And, you know, if you're in a store and you see pride stuff, ask to speak to the manager and just say, Hey, uh, you know, for me and how I want to raise my kids, I would choose to not have to introduce them to this right now at this age. Mm -hmm. So wondering if you could put that somewhere else mm -hmm. or you could do something that I would then have a choice. And that was one of the things we had a big library meeting and, um, subsequently after, you know, I've talked with the director and, and that's what as Christians, we were asking, just give, the parents, the choice of when and how, mm -hmm. and if they're going to explore this and don't force it on, you know, our kids. So oh, Angel, that is so good. And so practical. I mean, that goes right again with their agenda. They want yes. the choice for this, that, and the other thing, right? Well, we have a choice too, as to if and when we want to expose our kids to this and how we want to do this. Well, that just leads me to another question, Angel. What about those that are listening 
that sadly perhaps maybe have a child that is um, saying that they are gay or transgender or, or somehow, you know, falling into this big cosmetum of what's happening in our world today, how would you encourage that parent? What would you say to them if they were sitting in front of you? Yeah, boy, you know, it's a tough one. And we're, everybody in some way is facing this, but some more than others. And, um, you know, got people here that they have adult children that have married same sex, you know, and how do you keep that relationship, but not, uh, you know, totally agree or things like that. But you know, the work I'm doing right now, I'm talking about underage children. So I'm right. going to just speak to that one. Um, here's the deal as parents. And I wrote a little blog about it uh, for a youth group. Um, and we need to hold the line for our kids. First of all, stay calm, you know, because this is uh, the issue might seem new to us, but the angst and the struggle of the teenage struggle it's, it's the same. <laughs> They're just trying to figure out who they are, where they fit in. You know, they parents need to know that social media is highly influencing your children. And it is now in, in school, due to the social media, it is cool to not be normal. Meaning if you're what we call now cisgender, which we would call just male and female, normal gender, right? It, you're not cool. But if you call yourself gay or bi or trans or whatever, then you're part of the cool group. And so there is a social contagion that, you know, the numbers show that in female girls, it's higher um, than any other of the population. Uh, so, you know, parents need to know that, but stay calm. This is a long game in parenting and we don't need to panic. You you can set healthy boundaries, you know, like the, the pronoun issue, the name issue say, you know, I love you. I know this is important to you. I know you're trying to figure things out, but I'm going to honor who God made you to be in the name we called you when, when you were born. And um, in this house, this is how we're going to do it, you know, because mm -hmm. here's here, yeah, but you respect again them and say, right. you know, if you know, I can't control what you do out there, but in our house, here's how we're going to do it. Um, you know, because kids don't like boundaries; they're gonna they're gonna push back. I mean, that's their mm -hmm. job. They're being good kids when they push back at our boundaries. Mm -hmm. But here's what I've heard in the story of the detransitioners, and that's happening more and more and right. more. Yes, that. The one person, like it might be a grandparent or a parent who held the line for them, a healthy boundary for them. I love you. I understand you're struggling, but here's, you know, what I'm going to call you or here's what I, you know, believe for you. They are the ones they felt safe to, to mm -hmm. come back because they were the only ones telling them truth. Yes. And and when the lights turned on, they saw that, they understood that, they knew that. So it's no different than any other issue your kids might be dealing with. Say they had a drug issue or they were anorexic. You're not just going to let them do anything they want to do. Right. You're going to have healthy boundaries. boundaries. And um, we need to do that. But again, fear is telling us, and there's a narrative in the world, and I want to say this, and, and unfortunately, a lot of therapists have bought into this, a lot of medical people, 
and that's a whole another podcast of why that's happening. Right. But um, but the narrative is you just affirm, you immediately affirm, you immediately say, okay, that's what you are. We're going to start calling you that. And maybe you need, you know, puberty blockers and maybe you need this and maybe you need that. Um, and it, it's just not a healthy way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so parents can be the bad guys. I always say, be the bad guy, be willing to be the bad guy, mm-hmm. because in the end, you'll be the good guy. Okay. So stay calm, um, create healthy boundaries, watch how you talk about things as a parent. So even if you're not talking to your kid, are you disrespecting? Are you making blanket statements about a group of people? Because if you are, your child is going to go, you're not safe. You're not safe to talk Mm -hmm. to. Wow. So if you see something on TV, you know, or say your situation in New York, what a great conversation, you know, starter to have with your granddaughter. So what did you think about that? What was that like for you to see that? What are you hearing about that from your, your, your peers, you know, that kind of thing. And then rolling into, you know, what you believe and what God says and things like that. Um, So that's really, really important. The other thing is remind your kid that they're not just a sexual being. Mm. Remind Mm. them that that's a small part of who they are. It's an important part, but it's a small part. Their character development, their hobbies, what they're interested in, what is their gifts and passions? How do they serve others? Just get them. I heard a story of a, a, a secular mom um, out in California, for mind you, that um, her daughter was getting pulled into this agenda all of a sudden, you know, because they were teaching it in their sex ed. So she just went full out and full on helping her kid have a separation from social media and all this stuff. And and she also, what she got her kid to do, she sent her kid to a camp, a couple of weeks of camp where all they did was serve somebody else. And and we know that's God's you know commodity came back a different kid. Wow! So you know God's into that camp, huh? (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? God's ways work whether we're naming Him or not. Mm -hmm. They work, and so um, you know. I could go on, but those are some things. Oh, those are so solid, Angel. I sure thank you for that. And you know what you're talking about with boundaries. I remember Dr. Dobson years ago sharing a story, and you probably are familiar with this with your counseling background, but there was a playground somewhere in the USA that had a fence around it. And the kids played all over the playground on all the equipment, including climbing on that fence and all that kind of stuff. Well, some psychologists came along and secular psychologists and said that fence is holding those kids back. So we need to remove that fence. Look at, they're climbing all over it. That is just, it's just um, stifling those children. Mm -hmm. So they removed the fence. And what do you think happened? They, all those kids clustered at the center of the playground. They did not feel safe to use that whole play area. So of course the people were kind of surprised by that. So they put the fence back up. And what do you think happened? The kids used the entire playground again, including climbing on that fence. Boundaries bring security. Yes. We have security. We have the freedom to fully be who we want to be and to express ourselves. Yes. Boundaries are a good, safe thing that God has created for us Mm. as his children. Mm. And you know what, Joanne? I love that analogy because we can 
we can apply it directly to this gender issue, okay? Your kids are going to struggle with that more than we ever did because of the time they live in. Mm -hmm. It's just a fact. So just think about it as they're exploring different parts of the playground. Don't panic, okay? Mm -hmm. God has a boundary around them. And his truth will come forefront. Um, Now, you know, I say that. Don't remove the fence. (laughs) Yes, don't remove the fence. Keep the fence there, but let them explore. Don't panic. It may look like they're going to get hurt, you know, but let them go through it because Mm -hmm. that's statistically the best way for them to go through this chaotic time is to have safe places Mm -hmm. to explore and to question and to, um, yeah, come to their own sense of what is real and true. And the statistics say that 80, at least 80% of them will come to accept and be happy with the gender that God made them to be. Wow. You know, Angel, uh, this is such a rich time for us. It's bringing back some memories for us when we struggled with some of our teens not doing well and were involved in some drugs and a lot of drinking and different things like that. We knew by the kids they were hanging out with that it was not going well. And here they're pastor kids and there's a lot more pressure on them anyway to fit in. And I remember Joanne said one thing uh, when she was seeing some of the young men come over and hanging out with our boys, she's, she would say yeah, this. Yeah, the other teenage boys. The other yeah. teenage boys uh, was was this. Uh, I know this. I can cook for them and they'll show up. And so she would cook and she'd do fried pizza and all of her amazing Italian things that she does. And some of these young boys that came over were really struggling. Some of them, as they told the stories of their family, Mm. you could tell why they were struggling in the first place. And so holding that line of truth, but loving them. And then Joanne's little mom Mm. was always there. And just, she would, Gigi would just tell him, I'm praying for you and just come up. You're such a handsome boy. I know that you can do better. Oh, I love it. (laughs) And you know, some of these kids, what they would say to us, Angel, they would say, you know what? You are the only house that lets us come over. Now, did we let them drink or do things? Absolutely not. No, we had our fence up, our strong, healthy You know, the key was, and and you didn't actually use this word, but you described it. We love those kids. We love them. And they knew that we cared about them and we wanted the best for them. And um, we allowed them to explore things, but in a healthy way. And we were always quick to share that Jesus loved them, Mm -hmm. that he had a good plan for them, and that we knew that they were going to get through this and that we were praying for them. We would pray for them before we ate. I love it. Yeah. Some of them we were privileged to lead to Christ. And it was just a beautiful thing. And then you got Joanne's mom there giving him a little kiss on, on the, the cheek. cheek. Kind of I thing. love <laughs> it. Oh my gosh. He's done anything for her, right? Yeah. Right. So what a great ministry, right? The mm-hmm. safe place uh, where you spoke truth and love, but you let them share their stories. And, and it's what you do in the Middle East all the time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just what you do. Oh gosh. Mm-hmm. Well, Angel, this has just been a, a wonderful time for us. And thank you mm-hmm. for spending it with us and with our listeners. And um, wow, these uh, problems are multiplying. They're getting more significant. We as mm-hmm. believers cannot sit back and do nothing. We can't mm-hmm. sit on the couch and hope it goes away or watch the news and just go see. Well, that's right. Terrible. Jesus is coming back. 
we're here for a purpose. Right. And there's mm-hmm. a reason that we're here. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. to reach people for Christ. It's to share the word, but to do it in a winsome way that brings people in with love. And mm-hmm. Jesus said, by this, all men will know you are my disciples if you have love one for another. That's and that's right. our spiritual ID bracelet. That's that's better than anything we can wear. They're going to see that in our lives and they will listen to us. And so thank you mm-hmm. for the practical help you're giving mm-hmm. on your podcast. Have you not heard? Check that out with Angel Davis. Have you not heard? And um, And then in your counseling for 35 years, and then just by saying, I have to do something mm-hmm. and showing up at the library and, and trying to work with people and trying to be reasonable, but you did it in love and you have a relationship and that's where we need to be as believers. So thank you so much for your life, your witness, for what being on doing. our team. Right. Uh, you're making such a difference. Yeah. Well, you know, it's my privilege and I feel like I'm the blessed one. So mm-hmm. thank you guys. Cause it's part of your, the faith that you have uh, encouraged in me that is playing out today. Mm-hmm. So thank you. You are so kind. Well, and, and listeners, I encourage you to listen to Angel's podcast. Yes. Have you not heard? She's got some excellent podcast talking specifically about this subject in depth. So if you want to learn more so that you can be more equipped, please go listen to Angel at Have You Not Heard and you will be blessed. That's right. And she is an expert and she interviews experts. And that's just uh, a, a great place to go where you can grow and learn and deal with some of the issues that are pressing today. And we need wisdom on how to navigate. So Angel, thanks again for being with us. We love you. Yes. Thanks, Angel. God bless you. Bless you guys. Love you too.